0: Log Talk Radio.
1: welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our support. <clears throat> On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you're able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516 453 9118 that's five one six four five three nine one one eight. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com dot blogtalkradio dot com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go out to our chat room, which is available on our website. Matter of fact, I'm making sure it's all plugged in. Yes, it is. It is. Copacetic. It is good to go. It is Available right now for your chats, for your requests, whatever you would like to write. Also, if you're on social media, feel free to catch me on Brother Prater, on the page Brother Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R, Brother spelled out Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R. We thank each and every one of you all coming in Sorry I missed y'all last week, but thank God that we're here this week. So without further moment ado, I want to appreciate each and every one who are here. Thank y'all for your continued prayers and support. So today, it was really on my heart to really just, for us to just talk. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people are going through things in their silence. You'd be surprised how so many people, they're there for so many other people, but then we find out that later on they have dealt with some private problems while they're helping us or encouraging us publicly. Do you know anyone that's like that? Well, a lot of times it's us. Sometimes it's so easy for us to help people to even encourage someone else or even see the problems in other people's lives. But when it comes down to us dealing with problems, sometimes we just try to deal with it on our own. You know what, and I ain't gonna lie to you, those that know me, I'm very, very transparent. There are some there are some uh messages posts, or even uh topics I may speak about and there may be some things that I may have heard other people go through or have witnessed or helped someone walk through things, but there are times where I have been in the shoes of the particular subject matter that we're discussing. And today is one of those days. So today's message is entitled, Feeling Alone When Encouragers Need Encouragement. When encouragers, when those who are so used to being there for others, when the helper needs help, we want to talk about that today, and like I said, if we can be real with ourselves, many people go through that, and sometimes, hmm, we just try to deal with it on our own. We want to talk about those moments, and also, just being real, just for us to really just share our hearts, to be able to share, but most importantly, knowing how to give it to God. Now, like I said, there are people who may say, oh, well, you know, I've never dealt with anything like that. But then a lot of times what happens, a lot of times we don't really face what we deal with. Sometimes we end up avoiding. Why? Because it may expose us. It may make people feel that we may be vulnerable, or we may become vulnerable. Sometimes people are so concerned about either some type of image, their image, or even their reputation. And I do understand pertaining to us being concerned about our reputation, especially if you're supposed to be a believer. I understand that. But in this case, pertaining to when you're feeling low, when you're feeling down, there is no such thing as, well, you know, you're supposed to be a Christian. You know, you 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 ain't gotta be uh acting like that. I wanna bring up some of the myths. First of all, there are myths in this Christian walk that people have placed upon us. And a lot of time it ain't those who are not saved, it ain't those who are outside of the church, they have put stigmas on Christians. Sometimes it's our own folks. It may be the church folks, or it may be the kin folks. But the key thing is, we all sometimes go through things, and sometimes we all go through some type of hurt when we need help. So one of the stigmas is, well, the stigma about well, if you are going through something, if you need help, then that means that you ain't saved. Now, when I mean help, I'm not just talking about, okay, well, you know, my car stopped. Can you help me push the car to the side? No, 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 no. I'm talking about when you're going through things in life. It could be pertaining to the death of a loved one. It could be depression. Yes, do believers, do Christians go through depressions? Yes, they do. And they're still saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, that would Now, I do want to bring this up. What is depression? Depression is a presence upon your spirit. Just point blank. Point blank. But there are things that can trigger that depression. I'm going to say it like this. Many of us have lost loved ones in our life. And there are some loved ones I've lost that really just hurt to the core. But was I outside of God's will because I was hurt? No, I wasn't. One of the things I always tell people, we have to think about, we're not Superman. We're not Superman. But we serve a super God. We're not Superman. But we have Superman within us. Greatest he that's send us to see this in the world. But we have to understand we are human beings. And when I say human beings, that does not mean that you ain't saved. Like I said, that stigma of, well, you know, if you're depressed, if you are if you, uh, going through something, then that means that you ain't saved or you ain't delivered. That doesn't mean that. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes, even when you're sad, when you're sad, does that mean that you're wrong? No, it doesn't. That's an emotion. That's an emotion that, guess what? God has given all of us. God has given all of us these type of emotions, and it's not an unhealthy emotion, but it's reality. Like I said, the loss of a loved one. It could be the loss of a relationship. Not just, well, you know, you going through a divorce or a breakup. It could be the loss of a friendship. It could be a mistrust that you've had. You might have found out the true character of a person. You haven't invested your trust or your love, too, and you realize you were used. You've been with someone as far as friend. You've been a business. You had a business friendship. You had a partnership with someone for 25 years, and then all of a sudden you realize that you've been used. You realize there have been some embezzlement behind your back do you think you're going to be like oh man you know hey it's all right it's all good no there's going to be some type of disappointment and that's what we have to realize we have to be able to actually compartmentalize these type of emotions and not just have everything as in one big umbrella so understand you going through some type of disappointment. You might have lost your job. You might have been disappointed thinking you had your hopes up, thinking that you're going to get this promotion, get this job, get this raise. And they call you to the office, and instead of telling you you got the promotion, they give you a pink slip. These things. These things happen. And we go through hurt. key thing what we have to do, we have to acknowledge when we're hurting, We have to acknowledge that we hurt. But the key thing I always talk about, that doesn't mean that you ain't saved, that doesn't mean that you ain't weak. And don't let people throw that label upon you, and especially when they're supposed to encourage you. They're supposed to, because this is the thing that I wanted to bring up. Many people that go through those type of things, they'll be the main one to encourage other people. They'll be the main one to help support other people. But those same ones that be the first to help people are the main ones that don't get any help at all. You'll be so quick to go to somebody's rescue, to go to somebody's aid. But who's there to go to your aid? That's the reality that we're in. And, of course, you know, God is there to help us. But also what we have to understand, God have us here on earth for relationships. And that doesn't mean, when I say relationship, that doesn't just mean boyfriend or girlfriend, husband or wife. It could be friends. It could be family. It could be church family, biological family, even coworkers, even the work family, the workforce family. These are the type of relationships, and if you be honest with yourself, a lot of time we're with the people that we work with more often than the ones that we go to church with or the ones that we are related to. That's something, I mean, if you really think about it, you think about some of the people, I've known so many people that have retired throughout the years. And I remember um, one of the young ladies that used to go to our church that was like an aunt to me, she retired from TI, if I'm not mistaken, over 40 years, 40, 45 years or something like that. And she began to start uh, at at the retirement party. You know, there were so many people that was talking talking about her, and they were saying, yeah, I remember when she had her uh, child, and, you know, I saw them grow up, and I remember when, you know, she first started working and all that stuff, and if you think about it, we're with the people that we work with while we're up, while we're energetic, you know, for eight, sometimes nine, or even more hours a day for many years, but we don't have that same time with our, quote-unquote, family or with our church family or biological family. We don't have those same amount of time. We have some time with them, even if it's throughout the day. But you think about it, we spend the majority of our time at work. So what happens when you're at work and you're giving your all, you do, you're do helping other people, you're doing what you could, doing what you're supposed to? and you helping everybody else on their assignment, but then all of a sudden, you get a task and you don't get that help or support. You know, like I said, this is just a conversation that we're having, but it has to be a realistic conversation that we have. So, realize that all of us go through those things if we be honest and real with ourselves. So, Understanding just because you're feeling low, just because you're feeling depressed, just because you need a word of encouragement, that doesn't mean that you ain't saved and don't let anybody make you doubt your salvation. This has nothing to do with salvation. This pertains to a real deal situation that you're in at that moment. But if it's unaddressed, if you don't deal with it, it doesn't go away by itself. The only way we deal with things, the only way that we can overcome things is if we deal with those things. And so being, being transparent, be transparent with yourself. You know, if you can't be honest with yourself, we can't be honest with the people around us. And so I just have to put that out there because there's so many people, you know, It's funny how people who either ain't saved or even people who are not trying to live right are dictating to those who are trying to live right how to be saved. But I'm surprised you are depressed or whatever. I'm going to say that I I, I have to say this. Um, It came to my mind. I remember when uh, we lost my sister two years ago. And my father, my father's a pastor. My father, to me, one of the strongest physical men that I knew, but also the one that always was there for other people. I'm not just talking about because he's my dad, but those that know him, they can say the same thing. And also, from from the time that I've grown up and even now being an adult, I see his will, his drive to be able to help people. And so, that moment when he lost his daughter, and he, I mean, like I said, he always was an encourager. He encouraged me, I mean, just throughout my life and so many others, but when he was so down, he was so, so low, I've seen people who he have ministered to, who he has helped either avoid him or tell him, well, you you need to get over that. You miss your daughter I'm I'm telling you It sounds crazy And I wish I could make this up But it was real Because I found out Somebody told my father Well you miss Well you didn't need to get over her And this was His daughter that he lost Now I'm going to tell you something I'm saved filled with the Holy Ghost. I love the Lord. But let me tell you something. I was itching for that person to call my dad again when I was there. Because my dad wasn't going to talk to them. I was. And I was going to give them the rights and still be saved. And come to find out, well, you know what, I don't want to say too much because uh, well, let's just say that It was someone they have known my father for many years.
2: It was a relative.
1: I'm going to say it. It was a kinfolk. And I was like, wow. I'm going to go. I had to just go and throw it out there. Because just to let you know, if my father, and that's just one example that I can tell you pertains to someone who was so used to helping someone. But when those people who are going through, who feeling low, and especially they're a Christian, especially if they are a minister, you know what I found out many times, many people think, well, they know the word, I don't need to say anything to them, but what helps us is for us to hear from people, to tell us, sometimes we got to be reminded so, like I said, that myth that because you're going through something, that means that you ain't a no Christian. You, that means you ain't saved. That's wrong. Another myth. Since we're on the topic of being a Christian, the myth that pastors or parents don't need encouragement. That's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. You know, um, you know, I can say this now because. Uh, I'm older and my son's older, you know, um, I make posts, I make videos and stuff. And whatever the law laid for my heart, I put it out there. But because of me having joint custody with my son's mother and um, throughout, you know, the week, uh, every other week, Every other weekend, uh, I have my son, and, you know, we've been doing that. Actually, been doing that for over 10 years, you know, and uh, this year, he turns 16. <laughs> so practically, y'all have seen my son grow up uh, in front of y'all eyes. But, and this, this is me, this is me being transparent, and like I said, I totally forgot all about this. And so, hey, who knows, this might be the opportunity for that God had brought in to my remembrance about this for me to encourage somebody else, but I've always been the one to try to help in uh ministers, especially fathers, you know doing what they're supposed to do uh legally and godly, you know being there for their child, not just financially but emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and everything, and so. I found out whenever I would get ready to take my son over to his mom's, I would get depressed. And I found out why. I had to really face the music to ask myself, why do I feel so low other than me missing my son? It, it, it was something more. And I realized I was questioning myself every time I'd get ready to drop him off. Was I a good enough father for my son? Just just being real. I would question myself that. in what I used to do, doing my sadness, I didn't go into some type of sweet binge or do anything ungodly or unhealthy. But what I would do when I would drop him off, I would always go straight to Wendy's. And i used to get a caesar sized salad little small salad and then make my own little condiments with it And i used to do that every other sunday night and actually when i started doing the podcast before i did the podcast i would drop them off i would come home and i would eat the salad but when i would start doing the podcast i would hurry up and drop them off go to get the salad put it in the refrigerator do the podcast and as i got done with the podcast then go ahead and eat my salad. (laughs) I used to do that. But what I did was I would question myself because I would minister to other people. I would minister to the men, to the fathers, but also I would minister to the sons, the children. But it always made me question just as much as I minister to somebody else's child was I effective in ministering to my own child? And when I say ministering, not just, you know, laying hands, saying, you better be the lip. No, the more he was the kid. But living the life in front of him and not just giving him a post, showing him what I post on Facebook or showing him a video. No, living the video, living the post in front of him for him to be able to see. I would question that. And so I shared that with a friend of mine, uh, Minister Derrick Richardson. I, I shared that with him um, years ago, and I was like, man, this is really, really, really bothering me because I want to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to in the eyesight of God, but also in the eyesight of my son. I want it to be effective. And so, like I said, it would Sometimes I will feel low, sometimes I'll be, be sad, you know. And so during that time, I had to realize, no matter what, God was there to help me, but also, like I said, I had to be real and transparent with myself to ask myself, what what am I really feeling? How do I really feel? What's really going on in my heart? in my emotions, you know. So like I said, I had to really just ask myself that. So the myth that parents or preachers or uh uh pastors they don't need encouragement, so no, that's wrong. And not only that, but even teachers. Especially now, I was talking to my son and he was letting me know that um uh, one of his teachers, I mean some some of the teachers are going through so much, not just because they're dealing with the pandemic. We're all dealing with the pandemic. But also, they're teaching the students in the classroom at the same time, teaching the kids who are online. So you're doing double duty. And so a lot of times, you know, he was sharing with me some of the meanness that the teachers were going through because of the behavior of the students. And, you know, especially now, we already know that teachers, they don't get paid like they supposed to. They don't actually get paid their worth. They don't just teach from the textbook, but they're also teaching and implementing real life because a lot of the teachers are the only parents or the only adults that some of the students are actually dealing with. And not just the only adult, but sometimes the only sane adult that the students deal with. You don't know what the students are going through in their own home, and their own life. But also, on the same token, not just the adults who may need encouragement, but also the young Oh, my gosh. The young people, they're going through so much right now, especially in this pandemic. I always say pandemic, pandemic, but... When you think about it, they're a Some of them, they want to be with their friends. They want to go into the classroom. But on the other hand, they want to be able to touch. They want to be able to hold and embrace. You know, you just never know what a person is going through. And so a lot of times we see a smile on a person's face, but we don't know what's behind the smile. We don't know the mind behind the smile. So that's something that, you know, we have to really just be honest when it boils down to it. We all, in some degree, need help, need a word of encouragement, need someone to lean on. Um, also, one of the things I have to bring up, Christians can feel frustration already mentioned Christians can be depressed. It can be a situational thing. But also, like I said, Christians can get frustrated. Christians can get mad. And you know, well, you know, the Bible said, be angry and sin not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, if you keep reading, first of all, get a clear understanding of what that means. It tells us, hey, we can be angry. We can be angry, but being able to Be able to let it go, being able to be taught how to release that anger. You know, like I said, people always put this stipulation, Christians, and they ain't trying to do nothing that they're telling us to do. You know, know, well, you know, I'm going to slap you, pow. And the Bible told me to tell you, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. Well, let's get a proper understanding of what that verse means. And just to let you know, don't lay your hands on wrong folks. You know that's that, that that right there. That that's a topic that's very 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 sensitive because people try to take your kindness for weakness. And as soon as they say, "Oh, he he he's supposed to be humble. He's supposed to be meek." No, but weak don't mean meek does not mean weak. So understand we all have a breaking point. We all have a breaking point. We all have a place of boundaries that we have established. And we actually begging people please don't cross over that boundary. Now, I want to say this. What gave me the the heart to talk about this particular topic and I'm not going to dwell upon uh, this particular uh, person's situation, but I have to bring it up. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but for those who have watched social media, within the past two or three weeks, um, there was um, a gospel artist who was recorded uh, saying some words to his adult child. And so what happened, a lot of people were looking down upon their father because he might have said some words that might have been inappropriate or how dare he talk to his son that way. But then, again, there are other people who said, you know what, he was right to do that towards his son. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up was because if you think about it, what came out of that situation The father actually admitted that he'd been dealing with this particular issue with his son, about his son, for many years, even have received professional help, have been talking to counselors for many years. And so I wanted to bring that up because he'd been dealing with that particular issue, his son, for many years in the midst of the father ministering to us in the midst of the father singing and encouraging us. So in the midst of him encouraging us, lifting us up, he was silently dealing with the issue in his home or in his personal life. So in other words, when we were down we expect him to lift us up regardless of what you dealing with. And like I said, many of us did not know what was going on behind closed doors. But regardless of what you dealing with and let's say it like this, I don't care what you're dealing with. I need a word of I need a word of encouragement. I need a song that's gonna help me when I'm going through my situation. And he performed. He gave us those things. He put out those albums. He was writing these beautiful songs, not just for himself, but for other people to minister to the masses. But but privately, privately, he was dealing with his own struggle. And so, in the midst of what transpired, as far as the exposure, uh, that really caught my attention, because it made me want us. To exam, It maybe want to just challenge all of us to examine when we want those people to minister to us, are we willing, when they're low, are we willing to minister to them? Just one blank. You know, and so when you think about it, when you think about it, I was looking at. In the midst of everything he was dealing with, in the midst of everything he was going through, he still he still ministered to us. He still helped us. But also, this is something else I had to bring up because um, even when it comes down to ministers, entertainers, or whatever, no matter what they're dealing with, no matter – especially when we all go through something, uh, when there's a public – hurt, a public grief that happens when the nation or the world is rocked by some bad news or some death. You know, we want relief. We want to be encouraged. We want to be helped. We want to be able to just get it out, have someone to lean on, have someone to cry, cry with us, comfort us. I wanted to bring that up because I found out the day that was April 21st, 2016, the day that Prince died. There was a concert that Mariah Carey had. There was a concert that Beyonce had. That night, did they cancel the concert? No. You know what some of the people who were grieving the death of Prince, You know what they were doing? They weren't sitting at home and shutting themselves out. It gave them the urge. They gave them the the urgency to get ready for the concert for them to see Mariah Carey and Beyonce. Also, uh, Elton John. It was a couple of people that so happened to have concerts on that particular night. They went to see them perform in the midst of their hurt of losing one of their favorite artists. So, in the midst of their hurt, they went to go see another entertainer. But what we got to think about, many of us only knew Prince on a surface level. Let me get some water. We might have known Prince on a surface level. But some of those entertainers that we were going to see for us to be entertained by while we we're hurt, while we we're grieving, they were good friends with Prince. In other words, while we are grieving, we were going to see Prince's friends and expecting them to comfort us or encourage us in spite of their hurt. You see, think about some of the, some of the ministers. When that, as a matter of fact, I remember when nine one one happened, when September 11, 2001, when the United States was attacked, there are many people ran to the church to get a word. I need a word. Who were they expecting to get the word from? the pastor the minister just like you are hurt the pastor was hurt but in spite of their hurt they had to suppress their feelings to encourage you in your feelings or encourage me in my feelings oh my goodness now especially now I do I've been uh blessed to do some funerals some weddings and stuff and there are times that someone tell me that someone has passed someone that I know. And that's thing you know, you know, um, can you do the can you do the eulogy or can you say some words? I'm like, sure. Or let's go by and see the family. You know, I try to do that. And I know me, I'm learning. I'm learning. I was telling a good friend of mine uh, yesterday, I'm learning me. I'm learning me. And what we have to do, be honest with ourselves, and allow ourselves to learn us. You know, that doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. But it's good to do a self-evaluation or a self-analysis on yourself. And so I know learning how to suppress in a healthy way for you to be there for someone, and even in the midst of, what I went through, I realized sometimes you don't have to say anything verbally. Sometimes your presence, your presence is the encouragement can minister to someone. You know, is it something about when you see a person face, a particular person face, you're like, man, those unspoken words, you can feel their spirit. You know, sometimes they're a touch, you know. Sometimes they're embraced. Sometimes them giving you your favorite drink. Sometimes they're giving you your favorite meal. They remembered. They're giving it to you. That's something that can really minister to you without them even vocalizing anything instead of them saying the wrong thing that some people may do. Some people may say the wrong. Some people have said the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yes, I know how you feel oh i know how you feel yes i know how you feel god bless you, i know how you feel i'm saying to myself you know how i feel you ain't lost no sister matter of fact you ain't got no sister how you gonna say you, you know how i feel or even i was mentioned earlier when uh when my dad lost my sister uh, someone told him yeah yeah I, I know how you feel but you know she's at a better place and that clown, it was somebody else. But that clown ain't even got a daughter. You know, so people just saying things, but they're saying the wrong things. And it's not menacing to you. Like I said, sometimes it can aggravate you. It can frustrate you. We can ask that as believers can get frustrated. And, you know, it could be pertaining to just Dealing with people, I'm going to tell you something. Some of the biggest disappointments in life is when we have to depend upon other people. We can get frustrated because the expectation that we have put people in, we get disappointed. (laughs) Just being honest. And so that's something that we have to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, sometimes when we deal with people and when we have our hopes, when we have our expectations, in people or about people, sometimes they could just disappoint us. And so for us to be able to understand that, you know what, God, I need, you. first of all, being transparent on how we feel, you know, and like I said, even just going through depression, because like I said, people think that we may not deal with it, but let's look at some of the people in the Bible who have dealt with depression. Elijah, Elijah, you know, he went through depression, He was a prophet. He was a man of God. But what what he was dealing with, you know, like I said, there are different things that may trigger different things. You know, when you're a loner or when you've had disappointments, setbacks and stuff, it can frustrate you. Think about Job. Think about what Job went through. When he, first of all, let's omit him, you know, having those soils on his body. Let's let's put that on pause. Let's just think about him losing all his possessions, his cattle, you know, his livelihood. Okay, he lost that. And then he loses his children. Now you can't say if you were in his shoes, you would you would just shake it off. I know me, oh man! I mean, when I don't hear from my son, <laughs> you know, if I call him and he don't answer the phone, and it's been a couple of a couple of hours, I'm like, wait a minute, I get concerned. Oh shucks, when my son would fall, you know, I'm like, oh man. Matter of fact, one time I ended up saving my son from being hit by a truck, and oh my gosh, it 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 got me. But just to lose, it's bad enough to lose one child, but when you lose all your kids, it can do something to you. And so, think about when Job was going through. Who was there to help him? Were they helping him? Were they giving him encouragement? No, a lot of them, they were giving him accusations. And that's what happens sometimes when we're dealing with things in life. Sometimes, those encouragers that we would encourage, those encouragers are not around. But those people, those naysayers, those uh, 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 gossipers, they around. Those accusers, they around. You know, it's like the devil knows who to pull back and he knows who to send. <laughs> you know, so even with Job going through that, now, when we, when we read the end of the book, he was restored double. He was restored, you know. But look at what he went through. And let me ask you this. If you went through half of the sub or a quarter of the sub of what he went through, would you give up or would you persevere? Now, one of the things I found out, we have to be careful and say, well, shucks, I wouldn't, have do, I wouldn't have done that. You know, you never know what you would do when you're in someone else's shoes. And especially when you're already complaining about the shoes that you're in. You know, and so when we see somebody going through something, when we see somebody, you know, having a moment, you don't know that trigger. You don't know what that person has been through. So like I said, even pertaining to that particular gospel artist, when he was recorded, when he was recorded having an exchange of words towards his son or with his son, you don't know that everybody got a breaking point. You don't know the frustration that people go through. Like I said, especially, especially when people give you advice, a lot of time they don't even believe what they're telling you. Sometimes they just tell you something just for them to say, well, you know, I did tell them that, but they try to hurry up and get out of your presence because they don't want to imagine themselves dealing with what you're dealing with, you know. And so a true friend, a lot of time, a true friend is there from the very beginning. There's somebody that you can talk to, you can lean on. And if you be honest with yourself, And uh, this is just me. I really feel that especially there'll be more people. There'll be more people who will be helped. There'll be more people who may be ministered to. There'll be more people who won't feel suicidal. If we as believers, as Christians, can really minister and help be accessible to those who, not just who we assume need help, But even the ones that we're not even thinking about, or even those who may appear that they got it together, even those we could just, well, you know, because a lot of times we assume. You know, a lot of times we would think, well, because they're the pastor's daughter or they're the pastor's son, uh, they are right. You know, they know the word because they're a parent, is a minister or a pastor in and preaching and, and all that stuff, we automatically assume because the parents got it together that the children got it together. And then all of a sudden, you know, you find out that the child was going through something that they didn't disclose to the parents or vice versa. You know, so that's why it's important for all of us. You know, when you feel led to just do something, do something for somebody. You don't know what a person may be thinking about, you know, especially the pressure, the stress, and all that. Just, like I said, just part of life right now. You don't know what a person is going through. And so, and I found out, well, you know that, Thank you. When you know that there is someone that is going through something, you know, sometimes we can easily think, well, you know what, I'm just going to give them time, to be by themselves. Whatever you think is what they want, but come to find out, they're saying that's not what they need. And I'm learning. I'm learning. I know me, you know, sometimes God has to bop me on pop on the top of my head to tell me hey go ahead and go to that person you know and i'm i'm not even thinking about that person i hadn't been i hadn't thought about that person in years or whatever and then all of a sudden god puts somebody in your spirit you know you're like hmm, well, you know what i'm going to check on that person and we have good intentions but what happens we get distracted we get busy the devil knows how to Brain distraction at the time to make us lose our concentration, and then all of a sudden, we find out something happened. Like I, I said, golly, I knew I should have called them. I knew I should have texted them. Especially now, I'm finding out now we got modern technology. Sucks. We don't have to. We don't have to call all the time. We can just text. We don't have to send a letter and tell somebody, hey, I thought about you on Monday, and they get the letter on the following Friday. We can text. We can inbox. We can sometimes, you know, God may wake you up in the middle of the night and tell you to look on Facebook. And all of a sudden, you get on there and you realize someone that you haven't seen or spoke to in a while, you know, they post something saying that they're depressed, saying that they're going through something, saying, you know, you know, just venting. And I will say this, you know, some people say, oh, but they don't need to
2: be putting their
1: business out. I'm going to say it like this. Sometimes because they may feel that they don't have money to talk to or they don't have anybody to trust. Sometimes it is good for them to expose what they're dealing with. So sometimes we as believers that we say that we can get a prayer through instead of us talking about them and branding them because they putting their business out, how about we privately reach out to them and say, you know what, let's pray right now. I don't even need to know what's going on. But i tell you what, even though I may not know, but God knows, and that's all that needs to know. So we're going to pray right now, pray whatever, and whatever the Lord lay upon your heart as you praying for that person. And that's if they welcome the prayers, because there are some people, especially if God, lead upon your heart. They may welcome that prayer. But then also they may say, no. But that doesn't mean that we tell them, oh, well, you're going to hell. "God, God told me to pray for you and you're going to reject the prayer. That might be the time for you to just pray and allow God to set the scene because just because that person says no. That doesn't mean is a permanent note. It could be a not yet, but God may be having you aware of what that person or that person may be going through something, and for him to give you a, a spiritual, mental, sticky note in your head for you to keep that person up before him. You know, So like I said, you just never know what a person may be going through or dealing with. And so that's why it's so important for us, for one another. Like I said, learning, learning. As a matter of fact, I had a good friend of mine. Uh, I'm gonna say his name, um, Mr. Mark. He's actually married to my cousin. Um, a couple of months ago, or maybe years ago, he said, "Hey, June, how you doing?" And of course, when people say, "How you doing?" "Oh, we doing fine." Well, "I'm doing fine," or whatever. That's the standard response. That we say, but he said, how you he said, no, 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 no. How you doing? And it seemed like that second time when he asked, he caught my attention because sometimes when people ask, it's just like, hello, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. See, that's that's basic. And if you be honest with yourself, a lot of time when people ask, they saying it out of a formality. But then there are others that God will send and may not even ask you how you're doing, but God may reveal to them how you're doing. And so, you know, matter of fact, I remember one time, this was years ago, I was at a doctor's office in Fort Worth and I'm just going to say it. Um, I was at a doctor's office in Fort Worth and I was headed to the car and I was at the time I was uh dating a young lady and, and uh I just wanted to have a question about relationship because the relationship I was in it was it wasn't going right. And so I stopped this random lady and I just asked her and it was like God just sent the right person at the right time and she began to start saying something and all of a sudden which is very rare that I do this. All of a sudden a tear started coming to my eyes. And then all of a sudden the tears started chasing each other. And then all of a sudden <laughs> I was snotting this stuff. <laughs> You know. And the only way I was able to get the help that I needed not just that I needed, but that I wanted. I took a chance and I went on and I allowed myself to be vulnerable to a complete stranger. And like I said, it just so happened. It was, it was like one of them uh, church mother conversations that I would have. And I remember the exact location where I was at and I remember how the young lady looks, but I was like, wow. And you'd be surprised how sometimes God will set things up for you to be able to just go ahead and get it out. But what we have to do, we have to take a chance and admit we're hurting. We have to admit, you know, I need help. I want help. And one of the things I always say, we especially, us as men, it's okay for us to say we're hurting, it's okay for us to say ouch. It's okay to say I don't feel I don't feel good. One of the things we have to think about. We don't when we don't get the help that we need, there are consequences that happen, unhealthy. One of the things if we don't get the help that we need, it could affect our health. There are so many people, male or female, their health have gotten out of whack because they're so stressed and some more other health issues. I, I used to think that, you know, stress could only be uh, or high blood pressure could only be related to stress. And that was it. Stress was just uh, a one consequence or uh, idea pertaining to your health. But come to find out, stress can play a toll on your whole body. It can affect a lot of things. It's told me it's so many, so many things. I can't name all of them, but I'm going to even just focus on the stress. Even I heard, you know, diabetes and all these other things, it can affect your overall health. And so when you think about the stress, stress, it can also affect your sleep, your rest. Think about it. It can affect your concentration. You you, you think it it makes you – absent-minded or discombobulate you or it make you have what's called brain fog. It can play a whole factor on your health. But not only it can play a factor on your health, the consequence of not getting those things, getting the help that we need, it can affect us with our attitude. You know, it can really make you crummy or act crummy towards people it can make you really just snap on people who don't deserve to be snapped on it can really affect you in so many ways affect your attitude not just the attitude that you give out to people but even that your attitude towards god even the attitude towards yourself you know also your attitude, but also it can affect relationships. You know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, you treating people, mistreating people and stuff, you know. It's so many people because they have dealt with, you know, they, they don't know how to, you know, express themselves. or they ref- I don't want to say they don't know how to. Some people refuse to express themselves, refuse to, you know, receive help. It can tarnish relationships. It can taun his friendships, it can turnn courtship, it can taun marriages. you know you come home cussing out your wife, you're cussing out your kids, you're kicking the dog, you know, and the family is trying to make you happy you know
2: uh
1: how how you doing I made you I made you dinner I don't want that I didn't want that I didn't want broccoli, I wanted green beans, you know, and just thought you know, like. All that was uncalled for, you just never know what or how, not letting it out, not receiving the help that is needed. How can it affect us? So, of course, it can affect us with our health, affect us with our attitude. It can hurt or damage relationships that we have with people. Also, like I said, it can affect your focus. It can affect your concentration. You know, it's, it's it makes you absent-minded. I know there are times where we all have, or some of us, I'll say it that way, some of us, or if you're honest, you may have driven when you were angry. You might have been so angry that you missed your exit. Or you might have been so angry at someone, how dare they, blah, 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 blah. And it's like all you see is red. You don't think about your surroundings. You don't think about anything else. You know, ever been so mad when you see somebody across the street and you ready to just charge them and you running and you're not even paying attention and looking both ways before you cross the street? You just break out running. Been so angry. Been so hurt. So these things can affect, really affect us. And sometimes it can become fatal. Like I said, in a running across the street and I'm getting hit. You know, driving, driving while you're stressed, driving all of a sudden you're trying to run a red light and that thing you know, bam, you end up losing your life or causing someone else to lose their life. And so with that being said, we all at some point may need help, may need a word of encouragement. And so it's good for us to have people in our life that would encourage us when we feel low, but also God wants us to be able to look in the mirror and learn how to encourage ourselves. Like I said, at some point in our life, you keep on living. If you never experienced it, just keep on living. Keep on living. Don't isolate yourself from people. Because isolating yourself from people will not exempt you from receiving or experiencing some type of hurt. There are some people who might have been hurt by people in a bad relationship or something like that. And then once they're out of that relationship, they don't ever want to experience that type of hurt again. So what happened? they don't get close to people or they may have lost a loved one and that becomes so painful they're scared to get close to a person again. I was like that years ago, 1990 when I lost my cousin who was my best friend and you know what? I was scared. I was scared to be close to people. I was scared because I was thinking if if death or grief feels like this towards somebody that you love, I don't want to experience that again. So what I would do, I kind of kept my distance, my distance from people. What I found that I was depriving myself. So what I began to start doing, who my cousin was to me, God was telling me I, learned, I had to learn to be that for people. And so of course, I lo- I lost love once and stuff. But you know what I think about? That was love. I was allowed to love someone. Now, don't get me wrong. Death hurt, but there's a celebration. There's a smile that comes because I can live a life and I can see them and say, you know what? I have no regret. I was honored to be in their life. And so the same thing with you. The devil may make you try to isolate yourself because of the past experience of losing a loved one or a failed relationship or something, but don't isolate yourself. You're not doing yourself a good service. You're doing yourself and you're doing people who love you a disservice. Understand, we all are here to help each other. And you know what? All we have to do is to continue to trust God. God will dispatch people at the right place at the right time to feed you. But also what we have to do, understand it's okay to admit I don't feel good, I'm hurt, I'm frustrated, I'm mad, yes. God, I don't understand. God, I need your help. God, this that's happened, I don't I don't get it. Why did this happen? Why did, you know, and I'm going to say it like this. Some people think, well, you know, you're not supposed to question God, this thing. We, it's just like this. If I have a relationship with my child and I know their heart, I know their intention and they're hurt. And they may, ask, well, why? I don't understand why. I want to talk to them. They may not understand. And as a parent, I may explain everything to them. Or I may not. But the key thing is for them to know I'm there with you. Even though you're hurt, I'm with you. I'm sharing the hurt with you. And so the same thing when we're going through things in life. God is there with us, but what we have to understand, he want us to talk to him. He want us to cast all of our cares upon him. He want us to just, you know what, God, I'm I'm mad. I don't understand. There are some things that happen in life that it just blows your mind. You're like, what in the world? Why? You don't understand. And it's okay to tell God you don't understand. That's where we have to come to the realization. We don't serve a God who wants us to, he, uh, he want to distance himself from us. No. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to partner with us in the situation that we're in. He's not going to go AWOL on us when we're dealing with a fight. He want to not only be in the foxhole with us, but he wants to supply the tools, the artillery, and to fight and be in front of us. We have to understand that for God that we serve. So in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your not knowing, your misunderstanding, or even your uncertainties, understand We are children of God who have a father that want us to come to him. And especially if we're too hurt, you know what he'll do? He'll lean over and be right there with us to minister to us. Because he said, I will never leave nor forsake you. I will never abandon you, no matter how tough the times get. I will not abandon you. You might abandon me, but I won't abandon you. He said that he's committed to us. So like I said, he may leave, excuse me, we may leave his house, but he's not going to uproot, he's not going to uproot his house because of us. We may leave him, but he won't leave us. One of the things I always say, God is not like man. (laughs) God is not like man. So we have to understand that God is much bigger, much bigger than what we can imagine. The deepest love that you've had for someone, don't compare it to the deep love that God has for you. And he wants you to talk to him, share with him what's on your mind, what's on your heart. Talk to him. And he want to be able to help us, but he's not going to force himself. God is a gentleman. He's not going to go against our will. So what he want us to know, he want us to come to him freely and boldly before the throne. And know that no matter what we've done in the past, God can wash it away. And don't bring it up. God is not going to bring it up. So if God won't bring up your past, why are you going to bring up your past? And one of the things I always say... When the devil bring up your past, you bring up his future. So understand, God want us to be encouraged, be of good cheer. He want us to. And like I said, even when the time gets rough, tell God, hey, I don't feel saved. I don't even feel like a child of God. But God does not want us to go on our feelings. He wants us to go on the facts. The facts right here in his word, these right here, these pages in here are the will, is the will that God has documented for our life, for his children. This is our spiritual, physical, legal documentation of God's will for our life. So what you need to do and what I need to do is look at whatever I'm going through in my life and look at what God's word said about it
2: and meditate
1: on it, recite it, not just mm, saying it to myself. One of the things I always tell people, I don't read God's word to myself. I don't. I read it out loud so I can get it to my ears, so I can get it to my spirit because the devil is talking to us up here. But what we have to do, we have to speak God's truth so that way what God's word says can override what the devil is saying in our mind. That's what we have to do. Allow the word of God to penetrate in our ears to our spirit for us to be fed because the devil is doing his job. So that means that we got to allow God to do his job in us. And the only way he can do his job in us is if we do our job to ourselves and for ourselves. So I want to encourage each and every one. If you're going through something right now, you may feel, look here, you might have been waiting, waiting for somebody to reach out to you, reach out to you. Well, how about we reach out to somebody? Talk to somebody, and I'm going to tell you something. Allow God to tell you who to go to. Be in prayer, because sometimes you might be, you might go to somebody and be expecting something because that person might be related to you or because you've had, uh, you've known this person for a long time, but they may tell you something that's not sound, tell you some advice or something that God didn't authorize. But you want something that God is orchestrating and leading you to someone or allow. God to lead someone to you and admit we may need the help. So like I said, in the times that you're feeling low, know that God is right there. God is right there to help us, to encourage us. And just in case you may feel like giving up on life, I'm going to tell you something. We need you around. The devil always trying to make you feel like, well, you know, uh, uh, they they can do without you. No, 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 no. We may need you. You You're important. You're important to God and you're important to those who love you. But what happened? a lot of times, the devil may try to suppress your feelings and blind you from love from the people for you to be able to see that. Everything that's going on, maybe just leaving and, you know, just giving up your life, and going to a better place, it'll be better. No, let me tell you something. Until your assignment is done here on earth, God ain't going to call you. But don't rush your time getting up out of here. Because you have work to be done, but also you have people who want to give you love. And sometimes the devil will try to make you give up right before help or the way out is revealed. You think you don't see light at the end of the tunnel. And you know what? You won't see light at the end of the tunnel when you have your hands over your eyes. So allow God to remove your hands from your eyes for you to see Love from others, love from him, but also what he can do in spite of what you're dealing with. So understand, we all may need help. Guess what? We all have made some mistakes. (laughs) But guess what? Because of God's grace and his mercy, we have a chance to get it right right now. We have a chance right now in spite of what happened, in spite of what you did or in spite of what happened to you. Don't you know, God is right here to pick up the broken pieces of our life for us to be able to have a chance to get it right. You know, I found that the scripture that says, if you acknowledge me in all, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, he shall direct our path or he shall make that pathway straight. That's what it means. He shall direct our paths. It's plural. But also, not only pertaining to before you get ready to do something, you acknowledge him, but you? we have to, we need to. But let's be honest. There are some things that we took it upon ourselves to do, and we realize we made a mistake, and we say, oh, you know what, God, I need your help. I messed up. If we admit that, you know what, we messed up, God, forgive me. He's faithful and just to come and help us. We may deal with the consequences of our bad choices, but even in the midst of dealing with our consequences, he said, I still got you. I'll help you with the consequences. I'll help you pay the fine or the penalties of your foolishness. (laughs) So understand, it may be hard right now, but we are not without hope. It may be difficult right now, but we're not without help. It may seem like we don't know when this release is going to come. We don't know when this breakthrough or the breakout going to happen. But the key thing is God said, trust him. And when we trust him, he's going to work everything out. It ain't our responsibilities to figure out how things are going to break out, break through. It ain't our responsibility. It is our responsibility to trust him and rely on him to do it. It ain't our responsibility to do it. It's his responsibility. So what we got to do is just trust him and give him the opportunity to come in and do it. So that's why I want to encourage you. I'm praying that from this day forward, you understand your rights, your benefits as a child of God. I want you to understand how important it is for us to start digging into these legal documents within the word of God to find out what our birthrights are. Look, we have birthrights in here. This is our spiritual food for our spiritual living and for our daily living. we already know in his word, he said, I have given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. Meaning, I've given you everything pertaining to life, eternal life, and godliness, meaning godly living here on earth. So, of course, he's concerned about your soul. He's concerned about your eternal life. But he's also concerned about your present life. So that's what we have to understand. So many times we talk about, oh, when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, yes, praise God, and best good when we get to heaven. But he wants us to enjoy some benefits here on earth. Listen here, in the verse it says, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So do you think all this fine things that there's here on earth, is just for the dope dealer? It's just for those just (laughs) who don't even love the Lord, who not even even saved. There's a lot of people who ain't saved. There's a lot of atheists that are rich. Now, I'm not saying we're serving God just to get financial gain or uh, possession. No, 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 no. But on the other hand, how are we going to be effective witnesses if we ain't got nothing? And we're the one, we're struggling, we're the one that's angry, but we're telling people, oh, I want you to come to my church, or right, you just need to be saved, and they're going to look at us you're supposed to be a representative of Christ, and you're up here. You're always angry. Every time I see you, you're always, you know, doing this and doing that. So understand, God loves us, and he wants the best for us. He has our best interests at heart. So understand, no matter what you're dealing with, you may need encouragement, and God is one that's here to help you to be encouraged. So if you have anything that you may be dealing with or going on in your life, you just want to just get it out. I want to encourage, you. if you don't feel like you have somebody to talk to, there's someone. But we're going to be prayerful. Matter of fact, I'll even give you my number. My number, 214. 908 Now, I'm going to tell you like this. One of the things I'm a firm believer in, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us or who gives us the ability. Everything, everything pertaining to this life right here, if we can trust God. It may not make sense to us. We may not even know how things going to work out. But like I said, it ain't our responsibility to figure out. It's his responsibility to work it out. So I want to encourage you, whatever you're dealing with, don't give up. Don't give up hope. Don't give up your hope, your faith, or your trust in God. Don't give it up. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the devil tell you. Oh, you know, it's another cycle over and over and over again. I don't care what the devil says. Don't worry about that. You're going to trust God, and we're going to be here to help you. And guess what? Not only we're here to help you, but I want to thank you for helping me. So this is the relationship right here that we have, and God wants us to help one another. It's reciprocated. We're like tag team partners. Those that know me, always watch wrestling. I love wrestling. And when somebody is in the ring getting beat up and getting beat up and getting beat up, their tag team partners in the corner holding the rope, but also with their hand out. And so what happens now? Our opponent away from us and we can escape and tag our partner. And our partner is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus is there to help us and take over the load for us. And I'm gonna tell you something. When we tag Jesus into the match, we ain't gotta worry about Oh, boy, let me get my energy back up because I'm pretty sure Jesus is going to tag me back in in a minute. And I'm going to have to fight this rascal over again. He said, no, 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 I got this. So I want to encourage you no matter what you're dealing with. We're going to give it to God and leave it right there. Heavenly Father, we're coming to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness, God. God, we ask you all, first of all, God, for those who may be watching right now, God, if they're not saved, God, give them that desire, God, to accept you as Lord and Savior in their life right now. In the name of Jesus, just in case someone who may be watching, who may not be saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells of it. Thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ thy thy Savior and believe with the heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confessed. Is made unto salvation. So God help us, God, to to evaluate ourselves right now, God. And for those who may not be saved, God, who just accepted you as Lord and Savior in their life, God, help them to understand their benefits, God. Help them, God, to understand the importance of of being fed your word, God, and spending quality time with you right now in the name of Jesus. God, we speaking, God, for those who may have been discouraged and those who may have been depressed right now, God. Help them Understand right now, God, that there's nothing wrong with them, God, but there's an opportunity for them to seek you like never before, God, to learn of you, God, to learn your ways, your nature, God, right now, God, in the opportunity, God. For you to reveal how much you love us, God, and to reveal your character, your tr- the trust that we can put in you right now. In the name of Jesus. And we bind everything the devil stand for. We send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for moving right now, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for re- removing the depression right now. Even removing the suicidal thoughts. God, those who were dealing with suicidal thoughts, even those who might have been harming themselves physically or mentally, those who might have been beaten up on themselves physically, physically or whatever, God. Give them that desire to understand, God, that their temple is important. The temple, God, the temple, God, is where you reside in right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help them to understand that there are pressures in your eyesight right now, God. In the name of Jesus, no matter how many mistakes that they have made or the letdowns or the disappointments that the devil had tried to throw upon them or even the discouragement that the devil had tried to throw upon them, help them to understand, God, no matter what, if we can trust you in the difficulties, you will work everything, God. And God, even understanding, God, that this is just our opportunity guy the darkest hour come just before daylight. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for carrying us through the darkest hour right now, God. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, because we know weeping man do it but a night, but joy will come in the morning. And we thank you right now, God, for moving mightily on our behalf right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. They have not given up on us right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for another chance, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for not giving up on us, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you right now, God. Thank you right now, God. God, we speaking right now, God. Those who are grieving right now, God. God, those who may be going through things right now, God. Those who may have lost loved ones, God, comfort them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, comfort them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Miss Miss, Miss Black right now, God. We speak that you comfort her right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So many others right now, God. The Horton family, God, the to family, the Smiths families right now, God. The Washington family right now, God, holding them up right now, God like a huge family right now in the name of jesus god we speak it right now god those who are dealing with grief right now god god help them god right now god in the name of jesus even doing grief the devil would try to even separate families we bind their spirit right now in the name of jesus we bind the spirit of division right now in the name of jesus god we speaking god that you bring in unity god bring in forgiveness god bring in the opportunity god for reconciliation right now God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let there be a communication, God, God, help someone right now, God, help someone right now, God, pertain to forgiveness right now, God, forgiveness, repentance right now, God, not just repentance to you, God, but also, God, repentance to each other right now, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you all for reconciliation right now, God. God, we thank you all for working everything out. God, only you can do it, God. And we thank you for doing it right now, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we speaking right now, God. Those who may be sick right now, God. Physically, God, touch and hear their bodies right now. In the name of Jesus, God, those who may be in the hospital room right now, God, the Williams family, God, we're speaking right now, God, that you line up every cell, every tissue, every organ, every nerve, God, right now, God, line it up with healing and wholeness right now, God. In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus, bring healing to the body right now, God, in the name of Jesus, we stand on your word, God, for deliverance, for victory right now, God, in the name of Jesus, healing right now, God, in the name of Jesus, God, even those who may be on uh, chemical dependency, God, those who may be on narcotics, God, illegally, God. Those who may be on drugs right now, God. Those who may be in the streets, God, doing things that are unlike you, God. Give them that desire, God, to be delivered right now, God. God, we sing God, that you rescue them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, even the word of God that is downloaded into their spirit, God. That They may have been fed, God, in their growing up, God, through their mother, their father, their grandparent, God. Even just knowing you, God, personally, God, God, we're speaking, God, that you not allow those words to go on deaf ears right now, God. Minister to them right now, God, in the name of Jesus, and give them that desire to yield themselves completely over to you, God. And God, we even speaking right now, God, that you provide the help that is needed for them, God, to be delivered right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, God, for working everything out right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for the mighty work that you have already done, God. We Receive it right now, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the joy that you restored upon us right now, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, God, we thank you right now, God. Thank you right now, God. God, we speaking, about every spiritual gift right now, God. Those who may be seeking you right now, God, who want to go higher right now, God. God, take them high. Elevate them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, for the upbuilding of your kingdom and the glory and honor right now, God. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we even see right now, God someone who may have been dealing with so much, God, They're like they were going through so much, God. But, God, you reveal yourself. Even tonight, you reveal yourself to them right now, God. In the name of Jesus, you're making them stronger, God. You're giving them them the urge, God, the zeal, God, to not look at their situation as defeat, God, but look at it as an opportunity for you to give them victory right now, God. And we thank you for it right now, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, even for the opportunity, God, of serving you, of worshiping you publicly right now. God. We thank you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony that's coming from this right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. God, we thank you, Lord, for the purpose that you are revealing through this and after this and during this right now, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, reveal yourself like never before to your people right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and give us that desire to repent and obey you, God. Obey you, God. Obey you, God. Obey you, God. Obey you right now, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you right now, God. Thank you for everything you've done right now, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in. If you have any questions, comments, feel free to contact me on Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, Pierce and Paul, R-A-T-S and Tom, E-R. You can catch me on Facebook. Uh, I have daily devotions and uh, my videos on Facebook. Also, you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.com. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and also the personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my book where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and their responsibilities towards their family, towards their children. But also, that book is also for ladies. For them to understand what the definition of a real man is and the qualities of a potential future husband to present or future children. Also, my other book, "The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper," is in dedication to my late sister who I lost year before last due to domestic violence. And I want to encourage each and every one at this time, please, please, please. Let's pray for each other, but let's pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. I want to thank each and every one, and thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all so much for listening to Reconnect My Heart. God bless you, and good night.